Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, forward, forward? Followed by, I'm not even followed, that, what a mess, Matthew. Let's just, what, what's this all about? Is this going to be a good podcast episode? Yep, definitely. <laughs> How to edit. How to edit. We're not even going to because we don't. We don't edit. We don't edit. We just get right into it. All right. What are we doing today, Matthew? After that, uh, yeah, your, your intro is going to be better than my uh, my intro because you've spent so much time bungling that intro. Let's <laughs> let's do some quick podcast time saving tips so we could get that time back for the listener because otherwise, that's time they'll never get back. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was. I think this is a great one. Actually, when you suggested this, I was like, yes. We talk about this a lot. To be fair, um, we have in the past, but I want to go through. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a great thing to go through all of our tips on how to save time, essentially, in producing your episodes. Uh, there's a talk I do called uh, Nine Ways to Cut the Time It Takes to Ship Your Show. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on our blog around, uh, you know, content stacking, around just me editing, like our minimum effect editing approach, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to bring together a bunch of our tips around how to make it easier, quicker, more efficient to actually ship your show, get out there in the world. Uh, And we think this is probably going to be, what, two or three episodes, Matthew? We'll see how long it takes us as we're going through our points, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, get into it. Cool. All right. Let's jump into it. Uh, Just before we do, I'll say this episode is sponsored, as always, by our own podcast maker tool, Alitu. So if you want to save the most time possible in making your podcast, that's what Alitu is all designed to do. It helps you to automate as much as you can and assists with the rest. Does recording, editing and publishing. Go over to alitu.com, A-L-I-T-U.com if you want to try it out with a seven day free trial. All right, Matthew, jump into it. What's our first tip? Yeah, the old batch record is um, kind of one of the original like speed podcasting tips back in the day. You Indeed. know, let's let's do six episodes in one day, uh, very structured, very short episodes, or at least moderately length episodes, and we'll bang them out in one day, and then we'll just schedule them in advance. So it's it's always been one of the tips that like if you nail it, it's you know it could work brilliantly for you. But I guess the risk on this front, Colin, is. Uh, for new podcasters, it's maybe not so advisable because like recording even two episodes in one day is difficult, let alone like six or seven, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did, what have we found? We've tried to do this a few times with PodCraft, haven't we? Like we, we love the idea of not having to schedule a session every single week. Instead, like do two or three one week and then have a couple of weeks off. Uh, it just feels so much more efficient. And do you find it's more efficient for editing as well, being able to edit like two or three episodes at once? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, if you've got these, like, you're working from the exact same source material sort of thing, you you can you can lay out in a, a template, which we'll talk about as well, you know, quite yeah. easy. You could mix all the files together. And then, yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's, it's pretty handy for the editing as well. So batch recording leads into batch editing. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. we've we've found, we we've tried to record, I think we tried like four one day, at least we've tried to do four, I think a few times, because I love the idea of being able to do a month's worth of content in one session. That mm. just feels quite useful. But I always found four was impossible. <laughs> well, not impossible, just, you know, you're losing a bit of momentum by the end and you're feeling a bit jaded by the fourth. 
So we managed to do two at a time quite often. Eh? I think two at a time mm. keeps you quite fresh on the second one. Did yeah. we ever do three and feel okay about it? No, I think I think we tried three and four when we were doing really short episodes. There's a sort yeah. of curve I found. Like your your first episode, you're kind of a bit cold going in. You're a wee bit rusty yeah. to start with. Your middle two go really well. And then your last one, you're like, I could do with this being over now. And you don't want to be doing that. Because <laughs> if, if you're feeling that way, your listener almost certainly will be. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a good example being my intro there. Yeah, a bit cold, a bit rusty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. Two was good. I found, uh, yeah, by the middle of, uh, or at least as you're getting into the first episode, you start to warm up. Second episode's really good, but yeah, you don't really want to go into a third. So yeah, batch recording. If you can do two episodes, maybe three, depends on your kind of predilection for speaking, for being able to, you know, how long you can go for. Um, it's a really nice idea. So yeah, maybe that batch recording. And it ties into uh, working in seasons as well, which we'll dig into a bit later on too. That's one of our tips for later, but it's definitely something that ties into that in terms of making things much simpler too. But we'll come to that later. All right, Matthew, what about number two? Yeah, this doesn't need much explanation really, but use fewer tools is a tip that I've found over the years that works really well (laughs) for me. So you know, in the digital world, there's all sorts of tools that you could be using for all sorts of different things. And uh, really, I find that like the less things you use, the better. I know that individually, <laughs> everything's made, you know, to solve a problem or to help you do something. But I think there's definitely a diminishing returns. You know, if you're using like loads of different tools, it could actually yeah. just start causing you loads of, to, to spend loads of time rather than save it. So that's that's in my experience anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and it goes against everything I want to do, but I know you're right. I know you're right. Mm. I don't want to be gadget for like <laughs> that. That was kind of our early days. Certainly, my early days, I would be uh, using everything I could, like all the gadgets, microphones, mixers, all that stuff, and then all the software, every single bit of software that I can use to make it sound better. Because it's fun. Like, I, I don't know, I'm kind of geeky that way. I think you're maybe the same way, Matthew. You kind of, and a lot of podcasters are. You you enjoy the gadgetry of it all, the kind of messing around with stuff. But at the end of the day, that's not what the content's all about. It's not what the audience wants. They don't want you to be using seven different tools. They just want you to be, uh, you know, creating better content. So I always I have am, to remind myself. <laughs> I am actually the opposite, Colin. I've, I've like had the same setup since 2013. Um, <laughs> I've just used the same stuff generally, software yeah. as well. I don't, I don't like new stuff. I don't like change. Leave me alone. <laughs> so um, Fair, fair, I, yeah. I, I have to, it kind of ties into even just our normal work. Like as part of our team, I'm always, I'm always tempted to bring in this new tool that I've found that helps our, you know, helps our, us work together more effectively or to, you know, to make the team better or to increase, improve our culture or something. You know, there's, there's always new tools around that help you um, run a business or, or run a team or whatever more effectively. Like, it looks cool, but so much more you know complication when you bring these things in there's so much around learning so much around you know time spent and just kind of implementing it all so yeah i always end up having to pull myself back from those things ties in a wee bit with the the, the next uh, the next point as well here the next tip okay. as well of doing fewer things so mm-hmm. this is again that culture of uh, you know you're doing a podcast, so you need to be uh, running an email list. You need to be on this social platform. This this new tool. This is the next big thing, you know. And you yeah. need to be using this. 
So it's, it's similar to the last one, you know, running an email list can be brilliant, yeah, but do you need to do it? Absolutely not. Unless you're <laughs> going to make it, you know, a priority and put loads of work in it, then don't do it. Uh, yeah. don't, don't be on social if you don't like it or if you don't see the benefit of it. You don't have to do, you know, sit down and record your podcast, yeah, but th- there's there's very few things on top of that that you have to do. So choose them wisely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, what's the one thing you have to do, Matthew? Hit record. <laughs> Yeah. In terms of the actual kind of product, uh, like productive, like actual valuable thing, I I believe the one thing you have to do is actually just spend time planning that content, which actually a lot of podcasters don't focus on, like the one essential bar, like the actual speaking, you know, like you say, hit record and actually deliver the words out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. The one kind of essential planning thing, I think, is planning the content is actually sitting down putting out some bullet points and thinking, what do my listeners actually want? What do they actually need? Um, and you could put on top of that, ask them, like actually communicate with them. When I do when I do the whole talk around um, nine ways to ship your show quicker, it's concentrating on the fact that if you can cut time on you know recording, on tools, on all the other stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode and maybe the next that gives you more time to spend talking to your audience and figuring out what they want and making that content better. I think it always comes back to that. Like do fewer other things and spend more time on the planning and the content creation. So yeah, I agree. There's <laughs> there's all the, I don't know, there's so much pressure. I think you're totally right. There's so much pressure to do like Twitter, to do email, to do social, to do TikTok, to do all this stuff. It's difficult because you can feel that pressure, but it's just it's unnecessary. Like you're you're a big one on focus, Matthew. Like how many how many things do you think you could focus on? Like if you were to say one promo method or two or three, like what do you think's the balance in terms of doing enough things around maybe promo and stuff like that, but not concentrating on too many things? To create good stuff that people want to listen to and make it easy for them to listen to it. Um mm-hmm. I've I've done almost no promotion with my audio drama over the years and it's got well yeah. over a million downloads. I do no social. Yeah. I've not got an yep. email list. I'm not yep. saying that again, if I'd done all these things, it probably could have been much bigger, but um I just think a lot of this stuff is is unnecessary fluff that um people feel compelled to do or made to do rather yeah. than that's it's a deliberate choice. Yeah, same, same. And and it, arguably if you did put some of your time towards social or towards email or whatever, even if you just chose one, then arguably maybe the show would have been worse. Mm-hmm. You'd have spent less time on the planning, yeah. less time on the content, less time on actually getting it done. It would have came out less frequently, something like that. Something would have happened otherwise because mm-hmm. someone's got to give. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I mean, I think like that's certainly a way to go. I think a balance is maybe just to choose one. Choose one thing that you think works well for your show. I mean, if if your target audience hangs out invariably on Twitter, then maybe put time into Twitter. Or maybe if they hang out on LinkedIn, then maybe you actually do focus on LinkedIn, but it's that focus. It's focus on the content creation and maybe one thing for promotion at any given time. And maybe you go through seasons of that as well. Maybe you go through a season of, you know, do three months of LinkedIn and then you change over to three months of Twitter, three months of email, whatever it is. But yeah, I I agree with you. Let's Number three, do fewer things. All right, what's next? 
Hey, so I, it's this idea that like if you are working on your podcast, you could maybe have like, you know, I've got Adobe Edition open and I'm editing, but I've also got like WordPress open and I'm kind of doing my show notes at the same time and like maybe I'm, you know, checking my phone on my socials and stuff. So it's this idea that like, you know, the multitask, uh, some people think they're actually quite good at multitasking, but I don't know that anyone is. Uh, I think if you just look at these things as now I am editing, you know, I've, I've blocked out some time. I'm going to edit the show. I'm going to publish it. Okay, now <laughs> I write my show notes. I know that's arse for elbow. Uh, I'll write my show notes first. But uh, just, uh, again, it, it almost goes without saying, but just do one thing at a time rather than yeah. just work. I'm podcasting, you know, I've got I've got it all on the go here on the screen. And yeah. uh, I'm doing it all. Cool. So. Yeah, what's the what's the term Cal gives for this? Your pal Cal, Cal Newport. Yeah, time blocking. So time you know, blocking. nine a.m. Yeah. to ten a.m. We're recording podcast. I'm not doing anything else, although I've got Twitter open <laughs> secretly and I'm arguing with a guy about something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like this a lot. You you stick to this really well, don't you? I try my best to do it as well. We try and get our team to do this as much as possible. I think it's yeah, it's just it's standard kind of productivity, like time block your podcast efforts like every single week on a Monday morning or a wet Thursday evening or whatever it is you've got two hours to do podcasting and nothing else that's your focus stick to it and then that saves your time because you actually focus on it you get it done much more efficiently much more quickly tends to be you'll probably do a better job as well eh? without mm. having kind of your your mind scattered around the place I know and like since becoming a dad I've found it even more useful because it's yeah. like you know when you've got to get even like non-work related things, not that a time block outside the work really, but like uh, it's made me much better at like I have, you know, half an hour before she wakes up, I've got to get this <laughs> one thing done or whatever. So, um, yeah. I. Yeah. Do you do, do you still do most of your week time blocking? Like is your, your week blocked out for most of your jobs? Yeah, I. So I've got like my weekly plan and then I look at that. Um, at the start of the week and I don't I don't yeah. plan each day but I've got the list of what needs done each day so then mm -hmm. in the morning I could just sit down first thing and give everything a time and it, you know the day's yeah. completely and, and that includes things like you know lunch going for a walk whatever yep. uh, so I it really works for me uh, and I would I would at least recommend trying it yeah yeah definitely yeah so if you're out there you're tr struggling to get your podcast done every week try and pick like a one or two hour slot every single week that you do it at the same time. Yeah, like I say, whether it's a Thursday evening, a Wednesday evening, or if you can manage during the day as well, that's perfect. So, yep, no multitasking. All right, what about number five, Matthew? Let's jump into uh, click editing. What does that uh, What does that mean? Yeah, so when Colin stumbles or fluffs, which is often, uh, <laughs> he clicks his fingers in the mic. He didn't at the start, did you? No, um, thought so, bit of authenticity. So, so what happens when you <laughs> click your fingers or clap, Colin? Apart from my well, heart sinking. <laughs> How I do it is if I make a mistake, I uh, I do a click edit, which means I make a mistake, I fluff my words, and then I pause. Just a few seconds. And then I click my uh, tongue. You can click your fingers, you can't clap your hands, but it's something like... And then I pause again. And then I start again. And that stands out really, really strongly on the uh, the audio timeline. So when you open it up in whether it's Alitu or Audition or Audacity or whatever, you can see those spikes. They're three little clicks, three little lines with a blank spot either side. And they show up really clearly. So it means that if you do an hour long recording, 
you can skim through. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. Instead, you can skim through and these little signals, it's like an audio signal that shows up visually, actually shows up really clearly in the editor. So you can just skim through and you can find all of the mistakes, all of the edits within just a few minutes. And when we're doing editing, when I've edited episodes in the past, I could do a 30 minute episode in what three, four minutes that way. If you've got three, four, five mistakes, you can cut them out. And my kind of um, something I've learned to do over the years as well is it makes it even easier if when you're doing that click edit, usually when you make a mistake, you can kind of think because it's right in the moment, you can think back how you start that sentence. Like you start a sentence, you screw it up and then you can think, right, what were the first few words of that sentence that I messed up? And you can actually start it in exactly the same way. And that means when you're editing, what I do is if I see that signal, I see those three spikes, I see the pauses, I listen immediately to the bit after the spikes. So my retake, my redo, that's hopefully fine. <laughs> I listen to the first few words there. And it means that when I then skip back to before the edit, I can listen through for those words and then I can do a really easy cut because I can recognise those words. I can do a really easy cut from those words to the restart and just delete them out. And it seems to, it tends to work just uh, quite seamlessly. So that's how I do it, Matthew. There's actually a demo of that because sometimes it kind of makes more sense if you can see it visually. Uh, and we've got a, a little video of me doing it, a couple of little pictures on an article we have about me editing um, on the blog. So we'll put a little link to that in the show notes. All right, what about number six, Matthew? So next up, another sort of editing-based one. And again, this is uh, something that I'll use no matter what platform I'm editing on. And we do this when we when we listen to podcasts, or at least many of us do. Uh, we listen maybe a bit speeded up, whether that's 1.5 or some brave folks go to like 2 or 2.5. What speed do you actually listen at, Colin? If you listen 1. at 1.2. Do you listen at 1.2? So just 1. enough 2. to get a, bit, yeah. get a bit of pace on the go, but not too much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it just means that every time that I listen to a, an episode in something else or if the, the speed resets for some reason, it just makes me think that they're drunk on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like whenever you listen at one time speed, it's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can do this with editing, though, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how, sorry, just to, just to ask, like, how does this tie into what makes you sometimes, what makes you listen to a whole episode for editing versus the click editing method before? Because this is obviously most useful if you're having to listen to a whole episode. Mm -hmm. Or do you find it episode, do you find it useful even if you're just listening to parts of an episode? Like, can you talk that through? No, I mean, to, to as much as the click editing is great for a first pass, I, mm -hmm. I kind of don't trust myself enough to rely on that alone <laughs> oftentimes and mm -hmm. especially like I'll record like episodes for my own shows and yeah. you know I know that I know that th there are areas where I've maybe stumbled a wee bit and it wasn't enough to stop the conversation but it could just do with tidying up a wee bit so I mm -hmm. do like mm -hmm. to be able to listen back through but obviously yeah. listening back yeah. through the, the entire thing just at normal speed is going to yeah. add a lot of time to your workflow so to be able to speed it up lets me listen through the show and make those edits without having yeah. to sit there for like an hour or whatever and okay. um, I do this you know either in like I almost always use Adobe Edition which you could do but not as well as in Alitu you know I don't use Alitu as much I've, I've said that before it's just because I'm so well practiced in Adobe Edition but mm -hmm. I think Alitu works better here because you're changing the playhead speed the playhead mm -hmm. is just that little line that that 
plays along the, the waveform. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, with Alitu, you could actually change your speed of that, which I think is much better than what I have to do in addition. I have to go into the multi-track and I have to select the, the audio file that I want to listen to and mm-hmm. I have to squash it down to like 50% speed, you know, 50% <laughs> size, which is yeah. half speed, uh, and listen to it that way, make edits, and then you're pulling it back out again to 100%. So it's a yeah. bit like, again, it's a wee bit... Um, it's not Something the most intuitive you're, thing. Yeah. You're, kind of, you're kind of doing it through processing, aren't you? You're mm-hmm. actually manipulating the audio itself to make it faster or slower. Does that make it sound chipmunk speed as well? Like, does it increase the... No, and again, this is like what you call non-destructive editing on this because it's in the multi-track session file. Yeah. You're you're not you're not actually processing the file down, like and okay. processing it back up. You're just moving the the size of it. Adjusting yeah. the size of it, but again, it's not optimal. I think just a. I don't know why Adobe don't do that. Don't just allow you to I change your playhead speed. Seems to make most. I found that really weird when we when we thought about putting that into Alitu. I was like, this must be a total standard feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought back to all the DAWs that I'd used, all of the editing tools I'd used, and I have never found another editing tool that has a really simple playback speed. Uh, setting. It's really weird. Audacity does, but it chipmunks. Does it? Yeah, as far as I could uh, remember, it chipmunks. And in Audacity, nothing simple because you have to like navigate that horrific interface. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's. I think it was just the because I always listen a little bit faster. I always listen at one point two, one point three kind of thing. So it was like, and it doesn't make you really high pitched like chipmunk sounds. So it just made so much sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. Speed up your editing. If you want to do click editing to make editing much faster. But if you really do want to listen back, like if you're doing something as complex as you do, Matthew, like your audio dramas or just you want to do a little final pass, put your playback speed up and it speeds everyone up. Okay, number seven. Yeah, so I touched on this already. Like in your in whatever software you're using, you'll probably have the ability to set up templates, which can mm-hmm. really help. So if I'm producing podcast, I'll open up a template in Audition, and it's already got the music and that's sitting there. All the the levels that I want, you know, the fade ins there, and again, Alitu, which we're mentioning, uh, probably better at this to be honest. Again, uh, because you know you could set up all your your uh, episode there as well, can't you, Colin? Yeah, you can set up your theme music to come in default um, automatically. You can set up the transitions, so the fade from the music into your first clip uh, and out into your outro music as well. Uh, you can use the Clip Genie to create any of these templates you want as well. So you can make some voiceover type, uh, voiceover some music with transitions, that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, you can set up your templates, set up your um, podcast name, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, really simple. But uh, you're right, you can do that in anything as well, can't you? Like if you, I remember doing this in Audacity all those years back, um, just having a kind of template file where I'd have my music in there Uh and would I'd have any clips in there as well, and you'd end up having to kind of manipulate them a little bit, but at least they were there. It kind of saved you a bit of time rather than loading in that music every single time. So yeah, absolutely. Having all those elements there in whatever file you have, or having it set up in a tool like Ality saves you a, t- a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Aye, it makes no sense to be going in every single time you're doing an episode <laughs> and like starting a fresh. Right? This is the music, and it goes down to minus ten dB, and like I need this yeah. over here. And- yeah, Aye, so yeah. save you a lot of time doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. A wee bit more time Absolutely. to set up, but after that, uh, it's, it's well worth it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, quick one. Right, uh, so number eight, 
We're talking about advertising, dynamic ads, Matthew. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of dynamic ads because I think there's loads of cons uh, about them. You know, the money tends to be a lot lower. They're not as personalised. You know, they can be a bit clunky yeah. and where they interrupt episodes. So there's there's lots of downsides, in my opinion, to dynamic ads. But one of the upsides, you could say, almost certainly is, is time-saving. Like if you don't have the time to negotiate sponsors if you don't have you know even the recording time is limited and you don't want a portion of that recording time to be on recording ads and stuff like that mm -hmm. maybe dynamic ads is a good option would, would you agree with that con yeah yeah definitely if you're doing sponsorship you're doing monetization on your show uh, they can be a quick and very easy way to to do that. Um, like you say, there's a whole bunch of downsides, <laughs> not least the the kind of sometimes not uncommon uh, consequence that a dynamic ad just appears halfway through a sentence in a show I'm listening to. Like even some top shows, I end up I'm listening through and then suddenly they're cut off mid sentence and an ad starts playing and mm. it's totally uncongruous like it's just not the same tone as the show so like we always say like properly host red ads are so much more effective really but yeah definitely a time saving there's also the whole approach of dynamic ads being a way to not necessarily advertise external stuff and monetize that way but to advertise your own things as well like mm. you can use dynamic ads to talk about your own things whether it's uh, your own products like we could use a dynamic ad to talk about Alitu for example or our academy or our courses or whatever or it might even just be a call to action around like a survey we're running or a competition we're running or a new post that we've put out something totally free as well have you have you used that at all in any of your shows no I can't say I honestly have but um I mean, you're making a good point there that these dynamic ads aren't always third party are they like you could mm -hmm. control them and that means mm -hmm that you know an, an episode like 100 episodes ago you could have your up-to-date call to action in there yeah rather yeah. than you know it's a 10 year old episode and i'm talking about this webinar i'm doing in like 2013 but yeah, uh, yeah these days with dynamic ads you could have like fresh up-to-date stuff right through your back catalog can't you yeah yeah i love that yeah it's like a it's a way of saving time in creating your show because you can just have a slot or two or three slots within every episode where you say, this is my pre-roll, this is my mid-roll, this is my post-roll, um, and I'm going to dynamically populate these later with whatever you know my kind of desired call to action is for my audience right now. So you don't have to plan it in, think about it in uh, each episode, saving you time on that episode itself, um, but also potentially being more effective as well, giving you that kind of flexibility to advertise whatever it is you want at any given time. So yeah, dynamic ads can work well. And a lot of hosts have them built in. Uh, so it's possible to do that in a, in a really automated way. All right. Maybe last one for this episode, Matthew. We're about on 30 minutes. This is us about halfway through anyway. So should yeah. we do number nine and then tie it up? Yeah. What we got for, for Nueve then? Yeah. So nine is to automate and outsource when you possibly can. So obviously it's a way to save time. If you're creating an episode, if you can actually automate some of your tasks or just get somebody else to do them all together. So what do you think, Matthew? What are some common things that we can either automate or, or to outsource? Yeah, like it quickly just it ties into that. Do fewer things, but if the, if there are yeah. certain things that you really want to do, but you maybe don't have the time to, an obvious one's editing. You know, we've talked a mm -hmm. lot about editing in this episode, but you don't have to do that yourself if you either don't enjoy it or it just takes you too long. Find somebody else to do it for you. There's lots of lots of options out <laughs> there. Um, 
show notes up until now was was one that people would tend to outsource with all these AI tools these days. You know that that's maybe less common, I would say. Um, social, yeah. you know, if if you want a social media presence but don't want anything to do with it, I guess folks will do that for you too, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they can, um, you know, take care of your social media presence. Maybe, maybe it can be argued it's not as effective because you know it's uh, it should really be in your voice. It should really be your tone of the show, but it's something you can outsource as well. But yeah, I mean, I think the editing altogether is something that's kind of probably the most obvious thing to outsource. If you can find a producer that can actually just take your raw recording and turn that into your final show, that's a great thing to do. But if you can automate as much of that as you can, if you have to do it yourself, then that's a good way as well. Like, um, I mean, this is a big part of why we built Alitu, so that you can automate the the processing. So all of the cleanup, not worrying about like noise reduction, EQ, leveling, all that kind of stuff. Automate adding in your music and your transitions like we talked about, about earlier. Um, but there's other ways to automate those things too. So yeah, if you can automate as many of those bits as you can, and obviously that saves you a fair bit of time. And there's tons of tools there. We'll link to a few more as well in the show notes there because there's uh, quite a few options around that. Um, any final things you can outsource, Matthew? The planning, the actual speaking? You ever outsourced the actual speaking? Well, you do, actually. Audio drama, outsourcing the acting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, not really. No, I mean, if I was going to outsource anything, would I outsource it? I would, <laughs> I would outsource audio drama editing for sure because it's so labor intensive but i'm a bit of a control freak with that so i I never would so that's why i do two episodes a year i suppose Uh, (laughs) because i hate doing it but i have to do it myself so yeah yeah i mean outsourcing the promo can be a really good thing actually yeah um, yeah. if you can find somebody that's a a marketer if you have the budget like once your show kind of grows a little bit that can be a great thing to do is to actually hire somebody to do a bit of promo for you to do a bit of marketing that kind of stuff Um, and there are agencies out there that can help you with that stuff too so yeah again we'll do some links in the show notes around all this stuff uh automate as much as you can all right, I think we're about halfway through our list here, Matthew. I think that's a good way, a good place to tie it up. I think we've got quite a nice split here as well. That first half was mostly what technical editing, recording type tips, Nuts and bolts. Yeah, totally. And the second half is more kind of bigger picture potentially. There's a few nuts and bolts bits in here. Uh, how to record, maybe formats for recording. Maybe some things like that. So we've got a load of other things for you that we'll put in the next episode. So yeah, do come back for the next episode and we'll give you another about the same eight or nine tips um, for cutting the time. Maybe some bigger picture stuff that can uh, kind of extend beyond just the single episode too. Uh, Right. Does that sound good, Matthew? Sounds good to me. Cool. All right. I'll mention Alitu again. If you do want a way to cut down the time to create your show, Alitu can do the recording. It's got call recording built in. It then sends your uh, recordings off for cleanup. So it automates, like I said, that leveling, that noise reduction, all of that EQ makes your voice sound great. Goes into editing. You can edit using our podcast specific editor as well, which cuts time by obviously doing that kind of speed up so you can listen through your edit on sped up time. You can uh, preview cuts really quickly as well, which is something I love in Alitu. Uh, and then you can host as well. So you can actually publish your show through Alitu with our built in hosting uh, all over at alitu.com, A L I T U.com. And you can get a seven day free trial to try it out. No credit card required now. All right, good stuff. Enjoyed that, Matthew. I think we've saved people a lot of time there. You know what? We didn't save. 
You know what we didn't save time doing the, the, the four or five takes we've had at this outro. We're trying yeah, to do a really simple totally. outro and we've watched yeah. it every time, haven't we? So just Still peek giggling. behind the curtain there. Loads of clicks. I'm clicking all over the place here. All right. Thank you for listening, folks. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Hope we saved you a whole bunch of time in making your episodes. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye.